All right. Well, as Miss Lucy gets ready, uh, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Sunday. Um, I miss you all very much. Um, I do look forward to being back at Baltimore Lopez soon. I continue to pray for you and hope you be well. Um, let's open our word of prayer as we get started. Dearly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, mercy, and your grace. We thank you for today. We thank you for this time together. Uh, Father God, I pray that our time together is never in vain, but that we continue to grow closer to you, closer to Jesus, and closer to one another. Lord, I pray for peace and harmony throughout Baltimore Lopez. I pray for the faculty and the staff and the administration and the doctors, the nurses, Lord, all those who are involved with the day-to-day operations, Lord, that you bless them, give them favor, give them wisdom, increase their compassion and kindness. Lord, for whatever's going on outside of here in their homes, Lord, that you give them peace and give them wisdom. Father God, I pray a blessing over all the uh, residents, Lord, in this time, Lord, that we can continue to be healthy and well, Lord, that we can live out our days to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey. Hey, you have a big audience today. Okay. Good to know. Thank you. All right, so today we are in First Peter chapter 3, uh, and I am in verse 13 through 22. So uh, just before Mother's Day, we went from verse 1 through verse right about 14, and um, we, we touched on how Peter begins to connect uh, our respective authority to the couple respect between a husband and wife and then he ties it back around to the unity of mind verse 8 that we can have brotherly love we're also compelled not to return evil for evil but return evil with good that way you can obtain a blessing Uh, earlier in chapter 2 he also talks about for this is a gracious thing when mindful of God one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly And again, here through 13 through 22, Peter writes, Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Now, I paused and I underlined that that verse because um, it stood out to me in a different way uh, in this season. and, And we'll get back to that in a minute. And it says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, Those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sin, the righteous for unrighteous, the might that might he bring to us to God, putting to death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit, in which he went and proclaimed the spirit in prison, 
because they formally did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through the water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you, not as, a re- not as a removal of dirt from the body, but in an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Christ, who has, been, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels and authorities, powers, and being subject to him. And, and so, yes, it's, it's a big, big chunk, but, but this is a really good opportunity for us to ask a couple questions. What does it mean to be blessed? I think many of us have heard the, that word blessed a lot. Uh, you know, we might say God bless America or God bless you or, or you know, when someone sneezes, we say God bless you. Um, some people ask how you're doing and you might say I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, some people says, oh, I'm just praying for a blessing or I'm playing, praying a blessing to you. Or actually there's a verse that says we bless God. Yeah. Typically a blessing has to do with... Um, a convey conveyance of good, a, a a a means of communicating from one to the other, or inputting from one to another goodness. Uh, in some passages of scripture, particularly in the Old Testament, the word "blessed" is often translated as "happy." There, there's, and it's not the the happy such as um, you know you buy that new car. Or and it smells clean and new and it's all shiny, right? There's no scratches, there's no dents, it's all polished, and it brings a, a smile to your face. Or or when someone brings you your favorite meal or dessert, you know, like I, I think it uh, joyous when someone but I love like key lime pie or I like a good Coke Zero, and you know if someone being thoughtful comes and brings me something that's conveyance of good they're they're blessing me with something uh but it's not always in the physical and, and we'll, we'll get into this and so the next question i want to answer for us is what is our defense peter says in verse 15 to always being prepared to make a defense i, I don't know if any of you were were attorneys or lawyers but you know a defense um, was you were building a case to to argue your side or your your point in football we we talk about a defense or versus the offense right you're trying to protect something we have the defense department right we have a a department in the United States that is designed to protect us and, and there's a similarity to each of these that I think in the same way that we bring a defense for when someone asks us why we have hope. Um, and in this season, through this season, like maybe many others that you faced, it's there's a hardship. And there you have hope and you have a joy, you have a blessedness, you have a happiness that you didn't that others may not share. And someone might ask you why. Next how do we act with gentleness and respect? I, I think there's something about our sufferings and the blessing and the defense that we are commanded to carry is connected to our responsibility to act with gentleness and respect. I, I think it's very often I see some Christians who want to defend the faith and they often do it uh, in a very arrogant way. 
a very prideful way, a very rude way. Um, it's very brass and hard. Um, I, I do believe that the gospel needs truth, and it is truth, and we should never waver from the truth. But it, it should be in a way that that compels a gentleness. I, I think it was something that about Jesus that when people looked into his eyes, that they truly saw kindness. That, that they saw someone who was really intentional about that relationship in that moment. And then last, I want to answer, how do we relate suffering to this life? I, I don't know if I'll be able to fully answer that question because it is so hard, but I, I do want to try. So up to the top, verse 13. Now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? I, I was accused often as a child of being a, a, a good old boy or a goody two-shoes. Um, I didn't get in trouble a lot. Uh, that might be hard to believe, but uh, I've only been grounded once my entire life, and it was for 30 minutes because um, I was wrongly accused. Uh, uh, I got in a fight with my sister, and she went to my mother first and told the story, and so I got sent to my room when it was finally my chance to tell the story of how it happened and also my sister was confirmed that I was not the aggressor but I was defending myself and it was an accident and then the positions were reversed my sister was grounded and I was released I've always tried to do what's right uh, and sometimes it, it has gotten me ridiculed because I was the good boy and you know there was sometimes I, I wanted to be different I wanted to fit in you know, I remember in high school that I had a lot of classmates who liked to party through the weekend. And they would always share at the lunchroom table how hard they partied through through Saturday and Sunday. And as much as the time to time it was like, wow, that'd be really fun. I also heard how how hungover they were at the end or how ill they felt afterwards or how bad their 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 bodies hurt after the weekend. And I, I came to realize that that was not a life to live. It, it was truly much better for me to be kind of teased amongst for doing good versus uh, doing something that was evil. And, and that's what Paul Peter refers to in then 14. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, right? When, when we go to follow Jesus we will we are potentially suffering for uh righteousness sake i also had to sit as i was preparing these notes to think about my sufferings and, and i don't think even in the last 8 weeks where we've been quarantined and haven't been able to go anywhere and haven't been able to commune and 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 do that have the liberties that we once had a few weeks ago i don't know if i've really suffered I don't think I've ever had it that bad um, that that I was afraid that it was all over, like it was too overwhelming. I, I will, to you know, be honest and to be real, um, you know, I, I have struggled with a sense of melancholiness or sadness, but all internal. You know, oftentimes my wife asks how you know, as much as I spend with God and in the Word, why do I seem to struggle with a sense of 
melancholiness or depression. And I don't know. I, I wish I did. I, I wish I had an easy answer. I, I think sometimes it's the weight I carry in ministry. I think there's times when I look uh, at the world and I see how lost it is and how hurting it is and how um, just how, how much chaos and, and decay and wickedness there is. I think there's an element in where I um, I get sad from it. I, I often can be an idealist, so when I, I think things should go a certain way and they're not going that way, uh, things are going sideways. I feel, find that to be very frustrating uh, from time to time and, and it definitely affects the way I perceive things. Uh, I internalize stress a lot. I, I don't... Um, you know that's something I always got to work on. You know, is making sure that I'm giving, truly giving things to God, and and I think that's something that we we can truly express as suffering. And I'm sure each of you have gone through something. You know, you've you've had a troubled relationship, an illness, a loss of a job, a loss of a maybe a sibling or a child, um, maybe physical harm has been brought to you. You know, there's a lot of things that that can cause us to suffer, but when we do it for Christ's sake, when we do it for righteousness' sake, there's a blessing that comes out of this, and that's that is where we begin to try to, like I was saying earlier, that conveyance from God to us a sense of good. That that there's a favor from God to me that helps us get through this. It might be in the temporal, meaning it might be in the physical or or substantial, where 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 God blesses me with an extra paycheck, that that or money that I wasn't expecting comes my way. But that can't be the only way that we think of a blessing. That it always comes in a sense of prosperity, where I make money or have a better job or get a new car, um, because Jesus clearly tells us that we should not store up our treasures in heaven, but look to to Christ, look to heaven for, or do, we should not store up our treasures on earth, but we should store up our treasures in heaven. It, it does come in spiritual boosts. I, I get a random text or a phone call. Someone encourages me. They're saying, you know, what you said was really helpful, or thank you for being there, or just a sense of someone who I wasn't asking for comes and, and shows that uh, appreciation or, or an encouragement. It says bodily or, or mental. I, I think there's a sense where it could come on a physical comfort of a physical sensation of feeling blessed and that there's this, that God is in control. Or it could just come in that thought, that reminder of the goodness of God. And, and so I, as best as I can describe, I, I think that's what it means to be blessed you know, I think of my friends in the Dominican Republic or, or in Haiti or Mexico who have very little, but their joy and their faith is full. And, and I believe that they, they could truly be blessed in their own. That's why I think the definition of blessed must be more than a physical, tangible prosperity, but a, a deeper rooted uh, mental and emotional and spiritual uh, essence that comes from God. So what is our defense? That is our story. That, that between the lines that, that Peter writes from facing troubles and then to, uh, but ultimately it is the reason for our hope. I, I love always Mr. Ted. Uh, he is 
um, faithful to wear a hat that says push, pray until something happens or um, I love you, bro, or something of that nature. And for many, many months, as I've known him, uh, he's he was always ready to talk about Jesus, never ashamed nor afraid, but always ready to say something that that was expressing his faith. And that was the reason behind his hope. He was trying to prove to those around him the goodness of God that was in him as the reason for his hope. You know, and, and this is very much the reason why I do ministry is this this I can share with you a reason to be hopeful, a reason to be glad, a reason to rejoice, a reason to uh, fellowship, to not lose heart, to not quit, to not give up. But that we can continue on in any stage of life, whether newborn or 99, that we can have hope in Christ that through this COVID-19 situation, through this time of quarantine and isolation, that we do not lose heart. You know, I I think there's this, we we have to look to see what Christ did. And, And that's actually what he puts down in verse 18. It says, for Christ also suffered. Once for sins. Whose sins? Not his sins. Jesus was sinless. It has to be yours and my sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. No, no, not just that, but it was from death in the flesh and made alive in the spirit. That, that there was not only just a pardon. You know, we hear some of the stories that come out of people who, who were released from years and years in heaven or prison. And apparently they were falsely accused and they're released, but they're just out. Their charges are dropped, but but they haven't been brought to life. They haven't been given something. And I think for us that it's not just that our sins are forgiven, but that we are, we are brought into this fullness of life that we can have hope and we can have joy and we have a purpose and we have community and we have a reason to live. And this is because Christ also suffered. That everything that we could go through, Christ went through. All the It says in the beginning of the Gospels when Jesus was tempted that he was tempted in every way. So all the, it's now only a few are listed, but the reality is, is Satan threw the whole book at Jesus and he was able to withstand. And that should be our hope that we can continue through this life because we remember Jesus was at the end of his life. He was homeless. He was poor. And he was hated, and he died a criminal's death, as opposed to being having a beautiful palace, being well-fed, with plenty of friends, and being physically exalted on earth. You know, he was mocked and accused and berated for something he never did. They, they turned his back to him. And, and, and so in the same way, we can look to that, but we can also look to how Christ responded he always responded with gentleness and respect, even to the Pharisees, even though some of his language was maybe a little harder than, than not to say Jesus did anything wrong, but Jesus always was trying to lead people to the Father. Whether it was Nicodemus in John chapter 3 or the, or the, the, the lawyers and the scribes that were coming against him, he, he was always pointing to the truth, and he did it in a gentle and respectful way. And I think we can model that in our lives, that, that as people aren't going to agree with us, I know that. I, I wish that everyone would like me, but the reality is not everyone will. Um, but as long as I communicate from my position 
and an attitude of gentleness and respect, I think we can make a world of difference. And we'll be made fun of it. You know, that, that when we have that chance to maybe attack someone who has insulted us, that we don't reply them with evil, but we bless them and we, we pray for them and we and we, we, we do something that's beneficial to them instead of the contrary. Because it is natural for us to want to seek vengeance. Uh, I had a young lady uh, I was talking to earlier this week and she's she has found herself wanting to be very vengeful. That she wanted to seek vengeance uh, against someone. She wants that person to feel the pain that she has felt. To cry the tears, to, to feel that uh, the, the pain, the sleepless nights, the, the emptiness, the worry, the woes. And and that, and I, as I was talking to her, I was like, that's it's never gonna work. It, it will never satisfy to to say I want to get even with someone, because there's no really way to balance that. I, I you know the Old Testament talked about an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth or a hand for a hand and a blow for a blow. And, and I'll give you that to an extent that that maybe if you know I cut off your right hand, you have a right to cut off my right hand, but but did it actually resolve anything? Did it actually bring to a closure? Um, you know, we, we watch a lot of movies that have that sense of being a vengeant, you know, a, a vigilante, right? Batman is a great hero of, of someone seeking vengeance from the death of his parents and trying to right wrong and be his own justice. But I, I think the reality is it it's never works out as we would plan. And it either goes too far or never goes far enough. And I think oftentimes that we end up being the ones who are hurt more than others. And so I think that as we look at Christ as the model of the one who has suffered, that that we learn to return that, not in the same way, but in a different way, right? That we can we can give hope and we can share peace and we can share love, right? That, that is what why Christ died, right? That he, he died... So that we might live, you know, it's that him that he he lives so I can face tomorrow, and I think that has to be a bit of our hope where we we begin to look at Christ and His life and what it means to us. So to be blessed is to to have this conveyance of good from God to me through my life through my sufferings, through my hardships, through our difficulties, as you're in your rooms or you know in the dining hall or in physical therapy, that as you are going through your life, as you're going about your day, that, that in the hardships that you, you do it with the right attitude. You know, you, you do it for Christ's sake and you do it so that others can see the hope that is in you. That is part of our defense, that people can know Jesus, because there are people in this world who do not know Jesus, and, and that we um, do it in a manner of gentleness, respect, which I think is really hard. I, I think many times when, when I'm tired and frustrated or hungry, um, that, that I can be, uh, you know, a little unkind. But lastly, that, that because of Christ, our our life is never in vain. You know, I heard it said the other day, if, if it was... If, if it was only about salvation, then as soon as we became believers, we would be taken up to heaven. And that would be it. But there was, why are we still here? Because I think there's a need for 
God to be people to see God in us, to see God at work in us. And so that's my prayer for you is that that people can see God at work in you and that through all this, you will be alive in the spirit and that you'll have boldness and you have peace and you'll have love. This is a beautiful section of scripture and and you know I, I truly don't have time to get into the whole Noah and the ark and maybe we'll get to that next week but this this idea of just going through hard things I think is timely for where we are right now. So let me pray for you. Dearly Father, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. I thank you for the opportunity to uh, gather in the name of Jesus. Even though we are physically apart, we are together in Christ. We are together in spirit. Father, I pray a blessing over Baldemero Lopez, Lord, that they will have that conveyance of good from you to them, that it touches their hearts and minds and gives them hope. Lord, that you have forgiven our sins and you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess our sins. And Lord, we just want to say that we've sinned against you in different ways, in different times, maybe even repeatedly, but you are faithful to forgive us. And through that forgiveness, I just pray for life, that we can come alive in Jesus, that we can have hope. And whether we live... A a few more days or another hundred years that through it uh, we will honor you, that we will suffer for righteousness sake and we will find that sense of peace that we are counted worthy of Christ to suffer in a like manner. Father God, I just pray for um, the facility and the residents and the staff and the families connected and all the volunteers. Lord, I just pray a blessing over each and every one of them Lord, that you be with them and go before them. Give them peace and hope. Help them be of sound mind and and character. Lord, for the the remainder of their days, Lord, that they will be salt and light and they will grow more and more in love with you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.